0: Hello, my name is Melissa. I'm 28 years old and I am trying to grow a human for the very first time. This is a podcast about pregnancy, all the ups and downs that come with it and the things I never knew and probably should about having an active. Baby. All thoughts are my own, I'm not a medical professional, but facts and musings will be backed up by any research and medical advice that I may find. Welcome to Trying to Grow a Human. Hello, everybody, welcome to episode four of Trying to Grow a Human. I hope everyone is well, I hope everyone is having a lovely summer. It feels like every time I record this each month, there's been a heatwave, and yet again there's been a heatwave, so to me it feels like the longest, hottest summer ever, I don't know about you, but (laughs) I hope you guys have enjoyed it, I mean, I'm, I'm very much ready for autumn now, but... That could be a way off, so uh, I'm waiting patiently for that. <laughs> I am currently sixteen weeks pregnant, so around four months, which is starting to sound impressive now. That's that's quite a way. I'm quite happy with that, and I'm nearly twenty weeks, which is halfway, which is crazy. Baby is currently the size of an avocado, according to my app, or a can of Coke, if you're referring to. An app that Adam uses, which said last week it was the size of a Big Mac, which just seems a bit confusing to go from a Big Mac to a can of Coke. I I, I don't know. I think I'll stick to the fruit and veg just to make it a bit more clearer for me. <laughs> in this podcast, I'm going to talk about my current symptoms and how I'm feeling in this new trimester, what I've been up to. And And have another chat with my husband, Adam, where there may be a cheeky gender reveal. And also give you some great facts about a very important organ during pregnancy. So let's get to it. Now this is the first up-to-date episode because I've obviously been recording throughout the pregnancy But during the first trimester, not many people knew, so I wasn't releasing it then, so it's all kind of been backdated. But this is the first episode where you are up to date, because I'm recording it on the Monday, and it's going to be released on the Friday. So you're going to be all caught up with my progress now, and you're going to be joining me for the ride in real time now. How very exciting. (laughs) If you've listened so far, thank you so much. I've had some really nice feedback, and... It's just nice to know that you find my journey interesting. Uh, maybe you don't, but <laughs> um, and you enjoy listening, so it's it's really nice and it makes it worthwhile because I really enjoy making these and kind of documenting what it's like to be pregnant. And going forward, unless anything changes, episodes will probably now be monthly because I do record every month. Uh, they've been coming out quite frequently recently because, obviously, as I said, they've been backdated. They'll be monthly now, but where I'll let you know when I'm releasing an episode on Instagram, and there'll be plenty of extra content there too. So do make sure you follow, if you don't already, at trying to grow a human. So how am I feeling at the moment? What's going on? Well, I've been rabbiting on about my bump, haven't I? Hoping it arrives. And look, bump is coming it's coming I I can see it me and Adam can see it it's it's arriving (laughs) it's subtle at the moment but it is getting there so I'm feeling good (laughs) so bump is getting there my belly's definitely being pushed out it's not quite the lovely round shape you see on pregnant women yet but I'm definitely getting bigger and my app actually said the baby's going to grow quite a lot in the next few weeks so like double doubling in size each week so I think there's going to be a lot of progress there. I found that I've had more energy, which is great. And food is getting a little bit better for me. I'm still quite slow when I eat, which isn't a massive problem. It's just a bit boring for other people. I'm just, like, still eating when they finished, like, in 10 minutes. And I take about half an hour. And then I also don't eat loads either. But that's fine. Like, I snack throughout the day. So I'm still still getting my... um intake in (laughs) and I'm also getting on with my gummies which I mentioned in the bonus episode which are my vitamins which I changed to make them into the sweet version so I could chew them rather than swallow them which I'm actually getting on fine with so I'm going to stick with those and (laughs) I'm fine with it but it's really funny if I get them out in front of anyone everyone turns their nose up because of the smell. And I'm I'm just kind of like used to it. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm the one who has to eat it, guys. Don't worry. You can walk away if you want, but (laughs) yeah, that's quite funny. But I got to take them, guys. It's for baby. (laughs) And you know what? I've even weaned off coffee unintentionally. I didn't do it on purpose. And people who know me would know that I love my coffee. And mainly I just used to have a morning coffee just to wake me up and get me going for the day. And quite strong too. I'm not like a sweet coffee person. I like my coffee strong. But I found myself generally not craving it. So I felt there's no point forcing it. Why make one just because of habit if I don't need it? Sometimes I've been having an iced coffee through this heat. <laughs> Certainly haven't felt like a hot one, that's for sure. So yeah, I mean, I haven't fully gone off it. I've I've had it occasionally. But, yeah, I found myself not having it every day, which is interesting. I didn't actually think I would do that. I thought, no, I've got to have my coffee. I'm going to keep going. But, yeah, I've just found that I, I've not needed it, which is which is good. which is positive, I think. Because you are allowed coffee when you're pregnant. So if you see a pregnant woman having coffee, she's allowed it, people. She is allowed it. <laughs> Thank goodness. But officially, you should only be having, what they say, 200 milligrams a day, which... What, what does that even mean? Like, that's really hard to measure. That makes no sense to anybody. Um, but a, a lot of websites and NHS and things, they do kind of explain what measurements are in, in certain foods or drinks that have caffeine. So, for example, there's 100 milligrams in a mug of instant coffee. So instant coffee is a little bit weaker than your espresso coffee or filter coffee. So I guess you could have two of those a day if you wanted. There's 140 milligrams in a mug of filter coffee, so a little bit stronger than the instant. And there's 75 milligrams in a mug of tea. So yeah, tea is weaker. So you can have a few of those a day. Even green tea can sometimes have caffeine, so you need to check that. And there's remember your kind of soft drinks as well could have caffeine in so for example a can of coke it's got 40 milligrams not very much but again you've got to be wary and even chocolate has caffeine but it's really really small amounts so uh, I don't really worry about that but if you're having lots of coffee in the day then maybe you have to watch out for how much chocolate you have as well so it's one of those annoying things you do have to be aware of with your caffeine intake. It can be very dangerous if you have too much caffeine. It's probably the one thing everyone kind of knows with pregnancy that you can't have necessarily lots of. I've also started eating a bit better. Not that I have had a bad diet before, but you're just so aware of everything that you are putting into your body. The baby is getting a bit of it too through the placenta. So you're just more aware of everything you eat. And medical professionals say you should have kind of an 80-20 diet. So 80% of the good stuff, 20% you can, you know, treat yourself, which is good. Got to treat yourself, guys. <laughs> so what I do, I try and when I snack, I try and eat the healthy options some veg or the fruit, fresh fruit mainly. And I'm eating a bit more fish because i, I, I I don't mind fish, but I don't tend to have it a lot in my diet. But I'm trying to make sure I eat eat more of that um, because that gives you the omega-3 intake, which is really important in pregnancy. And I'm also making sure I've got protein with every meal, make sure every meal is pretty balanced with lots of veg on it as well. And the protein is really important because it helps support your baby's development. So just being more aware of what I eat you know, still treating myself, absolutely, (laughs) that's important. I'm still getting breakouts, mainly on my chin, which is just jolly, so still patiently waiting for that pregnancy glow, guys, it's not coming, but I think I (laughs) read somewhere that you don't really get that until the end of the second trimester, into the third trimester, so Fair enough, I've got a bit to wait there. I'll deal with the breakouts, I suppose. (laughs) And I've noticed something interesting. My veins on my skin have become really prominent, like on my legs and chest, which is quite cool to look at. (laughs) And what I found out is it's because I'm pumping 50% more blood around my body, which is very clever, very, very clever. And this is to provide blood to the baby, not my blood, but, you know, to keep helping the baby. <laughs> so that's why the veins become more visual, because they they've got more blood in them, which is interesting. I've also started swimming, which has been nice. I'm not really a swimmer. I don't really choose to go swimming, apart from on holiday. But I've it keeps popping up wherever I read about kind of pregnancy exercise that swimming's really nice and really good. So I was like, well... I've got a pool near me why not give it a go and I've been a couple of times and yeah it's been really nice um I just do a very calm kind of breaststroke (laughs) across the pool every now and then and it's it's quite soothing actually so I'm enjoying that and like I said I'm I'm not a great swimmer but it's not about that it's kind of I guess it helps to kind of release the tension in your body and help with any swelling and things like that which is nice I also had my first pregnancy pilates group class at the weekend. It was really really nice. It was um in the park, my local park, which was so nice to be outside in the shade, of course. Don't want to be getting too hot. And it was yeah, it was just nice to be with a group of other pregnant women that I hadn't had before and enjoy some exercise. And, you know, the exercise, it wasn't necessarily easy. It did push you, which was good. You know, you've got to get a fit for for pregnancy. And, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. And I'm also going to be doing some yoga classes as well, which I, I love yoga. And I've kind of missed doing my yoga classes every week because I would push myself quite a lot in yoga. And obviously I don't want to be doing that at the moment. So it will be nice to be doing some pregnancy yoga to in that void that I I have with those classes. So I'll let you know how that goes as well. Yesterday we had my 16-week midwife appointment, which was great. It was nice and calm. It was on a Sunday and the hospital was really, really quiet. There was just, like, no one there. And it was a really positive experience. It was about half hour long and we just chat through how I'm doing with my midwife, the midwife that I met before at my nine-week appointment. So lovely to see her again and chat through things, how things have been. And an amazing bonus was that we heard the baby's heartbeat, which... I did not expect it would happen she was like okay should we hear the baby's heartbeat I was like yes please that would be great <laughs> because you know we hear the baby's heartbeat at the scans but um I didn't know we'd hear it at these appointments and she said it will happen every time now so yeah proper proper lovely because it just gives you that little boost of reassurance and um to be able to hear your baby again as I've said before is is very very special and she did say, "Oh, you know, bear with me, because it does does take a little bit of time to find the baby's heartbeat, and it did it did take a little bit of time, which can be a bit nervy, but just got to trust she'll find it, and she did. And you listen for about a minute, and Adam got to record it, which was great. So now we can just kind of." have a listen to the baby whenever we want if we if we if we want to hear her so yeah it's so so lovely to hear that and the midwife said that the baby's very happy in there so that's everything you want to hear isn't it so that was really really nice and i had a few tests like the urine test and uh, blood pressure but i also had a blood test and this was to well it is to estimate my baby's rhesus status and I'm going to talk to you about what that means now because I mentioned it in the last episode I believe and I will explain as best as I can what it is about because it's quite scientific and I'm maybe not the most eloquent person to describe this but I will do my best. So last episode I mentioned that when you get your blood tested they find out what your rhesus status is in your blood, so whether you're rhesus negative or positive. If you are positive, uh, I don't believe you need to know anything as far as I know, but if you are negative when you're pregnant, uh, you do need to know a few things, which I am rhesus negative. And I've inherited this from my mum and dad, I believe, as they are both negative, so it was always going to happen that I was going to be rhesus negative as well. And so here's some info about it that I got from my midwife in an email. In pregnancy, small amounts of baby's blood may cross over into your bloodstream. If blood cells from a Rhesus D positive baby get into your bloodstream, your body will recognise the cells as a foreign protein and may produce antibodies to it. This is called sensitisation. The most common time for this mixing of blood to occur is during birth. However, other events in pregnancy can also cause this to happen, like a fall or a knock to the tummy. So, when you first hear that, when you first learn about this, it does sound a bit scary. Like, what? So, if my blood mixes with the baby's, it's going to basically reject the baby. Like, that's the last thing you want, <laughs> you know, and it's completely out of your control. So, it, it does sound scary at first, but this happening is very, very uncommon. And also, there are ways of monitoring and preventing any of these problems from occurring. So, for example, I said in my 16-week appointment, she's taken my blood and this is to estimate what the baby's rhesus status is so that we are in the know. We're going to find out if the baby is negative. If baby's negative, then we don't need to do anything. If baby is positive, then what they're going to do is give me medication called anti-D. And this would help stop my body from making any antibodies. So totally preventable and safe, like you're looked after. And they would have had to deal with this thousands of times. But apparently only about 15% of the UK population are rhesus negative. So it's not that common, is it, that that people are rhesus negative? But there you go. It's just one of those things and something that can be completely monitored and mm, be completely safe for you and your baby so just a bit of information there on what that means for me and anyone else who is rhesus negative when they're pregnant. I'm currently in the learning lots stage I mean it feels like I've been learning lots obviously throughout the pregnancy but now I'm really knuckling down into the juicy bits and learning everything and as I said before I bought lots of books and I've started reading The Modern Midwife's Guide to Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond by Mary Louise. It is so good. I think it's like a pregnancy Bible, a baby Bible, birth Bible, (laughs) all those things. It is packed full of so much useful information on every single page. And it goes through each stage so clearly and generously. And it's written by a midwife. So (laughs) it's very much trusted information. It's written in a very reassuring way. It's very, very comforting and positive about pregnancy and giving birth and things like that. I've had to start writing notes because I'm just like, I need to remember that and that and that. And it's, it's a really nice experience doing it. And I look forward to kind of dipping into the book every single day, uh, which is great. And she also has Instagram, which I follow. Uh, I think it's the modern midwife on Instagram. And um she she just imparts lots of lovely facts every day, so yeah, definitely recommending that book already. I haven't even finished it yet, <laughs> so there we go. this week's topic is going to be about gender reveals and back by popular demand, or just to stop me rambling on to myself any longer. I've invited my husband Adam back on the podcast, so hi Adam.
1: Hey Melissa, how are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, all good.
0: Good. Um, How have you found the last 16 weeks?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's felt like a lot longer than 16 weeks, hasn't it? Um, when you put that into context, and it's only four months, it feels like it's been about three years of our life. No yeah. one ever really tells you that that mm-hmm. it's really going to feel like a a long period of your life before <laughs> before you've even got a bump at this stage. At
0: least it's, at least it gives you time to prepare, though. But, but I'm not
1: I'm not pregnant, so I can't complain too much.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so before we start chatting, I thought we would shout out your lovely sister who has had her baby a few weeks ago, little Leo.
1: Yeah, massive shout out to Lauren, Leo and Grant. Um, It's such exciting news and um, I'm so proud of her as well. It's like she's been through a lot and to get to the stage that she's at now, um, it's amazing to see even from... The other end of the world everything they're going through and the amazing little boy that they've created
0: yeah they're, they're doing brilliantly and he is so cute i can't stop looking all the pictures of him <laughs> you're going to see them next month aren't you are you excited yeah
1: yeah it, it, it's it's been long overdue obviously because of the covid pandemic and other reasons and this might be one of our last chances really for me to go over there um because of our incoming news so it's yeah. it, it's going to be so good to get over there go to australia for a couple of weeks um, get to meet Leo and get some first-hand experience on changing nappies, looking after babies, everything that I'm, we need.
0: I'm, I'm hoping you come back with all of the tips, you know. You're going to be like, okay, I'm ready. You'll be better than me.
1: I don't think anyone comes back ready at any point <laughs> no, in time. But I think I'll, hopefully I'll come back and be like, I feel like I'm not ready, but here's all the things I need to know. <laughs> at least I've got some tips. <laughs> yeah, the...
0: exactly. You'll get, you'll get a little bit of, of nuggets of information. and That's yeah. the plan. Yeah, so yeah so congrats to Lauren and lovely baby we're so happy for you. Now on to the topic of gender reveals. I thought I'd just start by saying how do you feel about them?
1: Gender reveals I, I, I think there's there's a couple of things to unpick here. The first one is gender reveals themselves. Do people actually know what their baby's sex is going to yeah. be? gender, And then whether they choose to reveal it to yeah. people. And then there's gender reveal parties, which we put in Room 101. But <laughs> if, if we start off with gender reveals and whether it's important for people, I think it varies for each person, right? We had our reasons for wanting to, to know. It's just because of removing any element of uncertainty.
0: Yeah, like I I explained in the uh, previous episode that we we it's our first child and we, we want to know everything and we're very excitable. And, and that's why we did find out and... It was very, very exciting. But um, yeah, in terms of gender, or even finding out the gender, I when people don't find out, I kind of get it. I guess yeah. it, it leaves some excitement yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when you have your child and you're like, oh, is it a boy, is it a girl? It, I mean, that's quite fun.
1: I've got quite a few friends who have chosen to not find out at this point in time. Oh, really? And I think... I think if everything's, you know, you know, everything's going well, with the pregnancy, it really makes very little difference. Like when I found out, of course, I was absolutely over the moon to find out we are having it. No, nope, I'm, not, I'm not doing it, but to find out what we we're having, but it makes no difference. It's just the fact that I was excited either way. It removes that element of uncertainty, but I totally understand when people want to leave that because imagine the excitement that you would get literally last minute, baby comes out and you've gone through all of that and then you're just like. It's a, uh, and you have no idea.
0: Yeah, gosh, I don't know if I'd ever want that, but it's it's interesting. It is, yeah, it is exciting. I just feel like you're dealing with so much in that moment already. Do you really need something else that you don't know about? But well, I, think I do we, get it.
1: We spoke about this off the podcast. Like, if it was a second child, like, and we've already been through all of this. Maybe it's something that we would genuinely leave up to it's not leaving it up to chance, it's always up to chance, but leaving it up to the last minute to find out. Um I think it, it does help in some elements of the planning. You know, even just some items of clothing, things like that, that you do get. I I, I feel like yeah. you can be prepared with some of it and just going, Yeah, I know what is happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in terms of telling people if you found out your gender maybe you found out obviously traditionally at the 20 week scan people I'm sure are very different in how many people they tell maybe they do get everybody together and have a big surprise cake that's blue or pink or whatever and I get I do get that part of it I I get that it's it's an excuse for a party first of all and it's fun to celebrate (laughs) but um I don't know just like celebrating that they're this or that like hopefully, obviously, you'll love them either way, so it's just, I don't know something I, I weird don't, about that. I
1: think it's just an, another reason to celebrate, and yeah. I don't have a problem no, with that, I think, no. I've seen one good gender reveal thing ever, <laughs> and it was Harry Kane, he had like this, this big goal post, and it was like all he had to do was kick a ball into a goal and when the ball hit the goal, a load of balloons came out of it of a certain colour like, yeah. when you go to those lengths, fair enough, but at the point we are at, we would have had some cannons that have some different coloured confetti in. we're not going to, you know, afford a huge
0: no, big and gender reveal and I don't those, want one either you see all those awful videos where they have a balloon and they let go of the balloon and, and that's gone. it it's gone <laughs> you, you're not going to find out and obviously awful awful let's, circumstances where there's fires and all sorts But let's be fair with know. what this
1: is it's an Instagram slash TikTok trend yeah. that's what it is and yeah. from, for our, from our perspective I don't mind what people want to share on social media everybody no. has their own views on that one but for us our pregnancy was about us our baby our families may be sharing in that, but it really isn't a case of, hey, how many likes did you get in your gender reveal? It, the baby, the future child, does not care how many yeah. likes they got.
0: Yeah, and obviously, as we, we've we explained, we were very chill in comparison. We, got, we did get tested very early through a blood test uh, to find out the gender of our baby and well that's because we were excitable weren't we and I I don't regret it I'm glad I know
1: we were going for an early scan and at this point in time if if someone offers that as an add-on and you say yeah do you want to know this yeah why not like let's try find out you
0: can get the technology that does that now it's just amazing and of course we were going to be happy either way as everybody says and we would be but it's like I would hate to put judgment on that little human who's not here yet on on that gender or just starting to picture them as this one thing when they can be whoever they want to be.
1: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we've made them wait long enough. Should we tell them what yeah. we're having? Let's okay. Go for it. We are having a, a girl. girl. <laughs> so there we go. We are having a baby girl, which Either way, we were going to be happy, but it's very special that we're, we're having a baby girl, isn't it?
1: I also had, like, right the way up until we found out, I was convinced that we were having a boy, which is yeah. so interesting that yeah. I had that in my head and it wasn't, I had a preference, it was that that was what I thought and that was what whenever I thought about a future baby, I was like, yep, yeah, it's going to be a, a son or whatever. And then I had a dream, and I don't really dream. <laughs> I had a dream a couple of days before it where this little girl came running up to me and and said, Daddy, and I was like, Whoa, is this? I, I don't believe in any of that stuff really, but it was, it then made me think around the other side of it and finding out the gender of your child through an email. I work in email marketing, so this is amazing for me, yeah. but actually finding out the gender of your child through email marketing, through, Uh, literally it was an an animated gif that worked its way (laughs) through and revealed that it's a girl it's quite an experience yeah
0: i was i was like so nervous but i don't know why i would have been happy but yeah um so funny but i in comparison i i just had an inkling it was a girl it's
1: because you're always right
0: (laughs) hey thanks you heard it here first guys (laughs) keep that on record (laughs) and obviously what were your initial reactions finding out
1: I was over the moon, like, but then I genuinely would have been over the moon either way. It's nice to have that. And it, it, what it, did for us I think is stop we've had chats on this podcast before around like what is it is it a fetus is it yeah it really for me switched the my brain to go this is a baby at this point in time there is a baby there is and it was still super early when we found out but (laughs) really was starting to form and also in our head the pictures of our future started to form a little bit more because it was you know we are having a girl come january february next year it's going to be us two and a little girl. It There's all these things that you, you, you start to really formulate in your mind. And it was it was useful because it switched me into emotional mode a little bit more again, which was good.
0: And I guess you start to picture her a bit more as well. Not that we're ever going to be able to imagine what she'll Definitely not like. between us two. <laughs> <laughs> but you just can get that kind of, yeah, lovely visual thoughts of, of this little baby, baby girl. And... I must admit when I found out I was a girl you kind of immediately jumped to those kind of annoying stereotypes we're like oh she's going to be so precious and cute and all those things but you just I just try to shake them off and be like no she'll be you know whoever she wants to be and as long as she's happy and you know we're looking after her that that's all we can we can wish for
1: I think actually as well yeah we we always have the those stereotypes of you know what little girls are going to be like but I think actually even being born within the next year, for us as well, whilst we're finding out, you've got like the women's Euros going on (laughs) and literally the Lionesses go and win the Euros (laughs) for the first time and they completely outperform what the men did. And then you think, not even just from a football perspective, but it's really good when you're just like okay she, yeah, she our little daughter not to be
0: a ballerina she to yeah. be a footballer she's coming we? into a
1: completely different yeah. world we're not, than what we're in at the minute which yeah. is going to be great
0: we're not blue pink people basically is what we're trying to say as best as we can be of course you're going to fall into those traps very easily And i'm sure as soon as they go to nursery they'll be bringing back baby dolls and we'll only want to play with baby dolls but we're open to getting her tractors too <laughs>
1: absolutely so there
0: we go we're completely chuffed with finding out she's uh, it's going to be a girl and um very excited to share that with you so thanks for your very wise words once again adam
1: pleasure to be on hopefully i get invited back soon i'm sure you will be thank
0: you did you In this episode, did you know I thought I would tell you all about the magical organ that is the placenta? This is an organ that is completely growing from scratch in pregnancy. It wasn't in your body before and it blows my mind. So (laughs) let's learn a bit more about it from whattoexpect.com. The placenta is a pancake-shaped organ that develops in the uterus exclusively during pregnancy. It's made up of blood vessels and provides your developing baby with nutrients, water, oxygen, antibodies against diseases and a waste removal system. The placenta attaches to the uterine wall and connects to your baby via the umbilical cord. It also contains the same genetic material as your baby. The placenta is the lifeline between your baby and your own blood supply. Through all stages of pregnancy, it lets your baby eat and breathe. As your own blood flows through your uterus, the placenta seeps up nutrients, immune molecules and oxygen circling through the system. It shuttles these across the amniotic sac, through the umbilical cord to your baby and into their blood vessels. Likewise, your baby passes carbon dioxide and other waste they don't need back to you via the placenta. When you finally give birth to your baby, the last thing on your mind is likely the placenta that remains inside your uterus. But once your baby is out and the umbilical cord is cut, the placenta has no use. A new one will develop with every future pregnancy – And that means after you deliver your baby, you also need to deliver the placenta, which is sometimes referred to as stage three of childbirth. Now, while it might seem like a side thought compared to your baby, the placenta is actually an incredibly important and intricate organ that helps ensure you have a healthy pregnancy. So it's a pretty mighty thing, the placenta. And I'm sure a lot of people, when thinking about pregnancy fully focused on the baby but the placenta is very very important too and you you want to make sure that that's all functioning well also it does matter where the placenta sits in your uterus whether it's forward back or it could be low-lying and if it is then that could be not problem, but something you have to be aware of. You may have to have a cesarean if, if it is that way, if it doesn't move, but usually it would move through pregnancy. Pl- placenta is <laughs> a very important organ. And I think a lot of people actually probably wouldn't have realized that you do have to give birth to the placenta as well, which, yeah, you think, oh, I've already done the baby. I have to do something else as well. That's not fair, but I guess by then you're high on endorphins from seeing your baby. So there we go. Thank you, Placenta. I can't say it. I've said it so many times now. Thank you to the Placenta. You are one mighty organ. That brings us to the end of another episode. Next time I will be halfway through my pregnancy, which is mad at 20 weeks so i'm sure i will have plenty to catch you up on then speak to you soon lovelies if you have any questions or ideas for the podcast please send them through to trying to grow a human at gmail.com or dm us on instagram at trying to grow a human and please i would so love it if you could rate review and of course subscribe on whichever podcast platform you use it will help others find this podcast. Thanks to you, lovely lot, for listening. I send you love and luck on whatever life journey you are going through right now. You can do it. This podcast is dedicated to all those who grew the humans before us. You are amazing. Midwife said she's she's very happy in there. So that's what you want to hear, isn't it? So oh no, I just think I just said the gender okay let me go back